Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, just a yes or no uh, question. Are you are you living your life purpose now? What do you think? Perhaps the answer is eternally yes, even if you're, uh, air quote, not, air quote, living your life purpose. The, The idea that, I mean, how do you, we've talked many times about a metric or a measuring stick or some kind of a uh, a way to discern whether um, we're truly sincerely honoring our life purpose, who we are, and if we're deceiving ourselves. If our measuring stick is woefully distorted, then our metrics are woefully distorted. I think we're going to have a, a, a good conversation tonight. But I did want to mention the last two shows of last year, we had uh, ADHD as a topic and narcissistic um, stigmas as a topic. Those shows were technically very difficult. The platform, Blog Talk Radio, that we do the show on crashed and burned in those episodes. So if you were trying to listen in live and um, in some cases didn't hear a thing because the show never happened, in other cases the show came to an abrupt halt, go back in the archives because there's, like, I had no idea that uh, the the same kind of protocol to address ADHD can help um, elderly people hold the job better, retain employment at a later age in their life. I never saw that coming. Those were really good episodes. And we've got some, we're booked almost into April now. We're, this show is booked so far out. <laughs> and, and I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I I truly, sincerely love um, providing these interviews for you guys. So our topic tonight is honoring your life purpose. And uh, I just want to shake it up, shake it up, turn it upside down, flip the table. Because the reason I say that is I'm... I don't think our egos are the ones that should be holding the measuring stick. I don't think our egos should be the one that uh, um, quantifies, so to speak, whether we're, uh, I really don't like the idea of right and wrong, um, whether we're doing it right or wrong, I don't like that uh, idea of right and wrong. 
But to delve into honoring your life purpose, and tonight I am the show. So, so riddled me this was. Um, did Adolf Hitler fulfill his life purpose? Mussolini? Going back farther, Ivan the Terrible? Is our life purpose always a, quote, positive thing, unquote? <laughs> it does it does, I don't know about you, but just to think, okay, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to incarnate and I'm going to slaughter a few million people and yeah, we'll call it good. Mission accomplished. Is that really a thing? The, uh, and, and as I prepared for the show, the idea of a life purpose, there's what, seven or eight billion people on the planet? And somehow, somehow, we're going to make a a template or some kind of a quantification of what a life purpose is? What I'm saying is, um, I think the best way to quantify your life purpose is through your persona, through your consciousness, through your soul, through your vision, through your dreams. I am not here by any means to tell you whether you're doing your your life purpose or not, if you're on target, if you're not. I'm, that's not what this is about, what this episode's about. What this episode's about is how many of us live in our heads, live in our mind, live in our ego, and and we have the life in the fast brain. We have the busy mind, and and we're um, so you're on your spiritual path, and and your ego is has the intention of spiritual growth, and. So to talk about a life purpose, I don't, I want, um, what am I saying? Take this with, uh, with a grain of salt. In other words, if, if you feel like your life purpose is something different than what we talk about, go with, go with what you, go with what you think. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to tell you right or wrong or yes or no or any of that stuff. But so if you incarnated on planet Earth, now by show of hands, who has incarnated on planet Earth? Yeah, 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 I see you in the back. Come on, get your hand up. We all, we all incarnated on planet Earth at this time. What the hell were we thinking? <laughs> the the idea of heaven on earth imagine a planet where every single person is pure unconditional love 
Every single person can manifest miracles. Every single person is, um, I don't know, immortal or or uh, divinity personified. There's no corruption, there's no war, there's no exploitation, there's no child trafficking, there's no um, pain and suffering. It's just heaven, just pearly white gates every single day. If I take a, a paint program, imagine opening a laptop and opening a paint program and the screen is white and the palette of which lets me choose colors, if the palette is completely white and the screen is white, I can't I can't draw a thing. I can't. I can't I need separation. I need duality. I need shades of gray at least. Let's let's leave color out of it and just think about the palette as if it's all pure white and my screen is white, I can't create anything. I can't differentiate anything. So the idea that consciousness in the beginning was the light, L-I-G-H-T, that's that white screen. And it was without form, without duality, without a palette to express itself. So if we evolve this just a little bit and, and create a palette that goes just shades of gray all the way down to black with no light, perhaps that's death. Our souls chose, at some point our souls chose to go into separation, to go into darkness, to load our psyches up with karma, to experience more and more difficult lifetimes. We chose to load ourselves up with karma with separation, with ignorance. We chose that. And now I suggest, I suggest in mass, not perhaps every flippin' soul on the planet, but in mass, the vast majority of souls on the planet are deciding to metaphorically ascend back out of that palette of darkness, to use the metaphor of the palette of the paint program, we've gone down to the bottom and we've been pounding our heads on the bottom of the barrel, putting dents in it. I mean, the the suffering and pain and and challenges of planet Earth are are very extreme. We chose at some level to come here and have this most difficult experience. For 
if we were on that imaginary planet where every flipping one of us was the full realization of, of God consciousness, of Christ consciousness, and we could manifest anything we could imagine instantaneously, there'd be nothing to learn. There'd be nothing to overcome. There'd be no challenges. I suggest it get rather boring. So at some point we chose to come into this this karmic tsunami. A calm sea doesn't make a skilled sailor. A, a, a storm makes a skilled sailor. And as souls, we came into this karmic storm. If you can incarnate into this onto this planet and have your memory of yourself erased and and all you know yourself as a physical being and you don't know the, the divinity of who you are, if you can incarnate on this planet and then at some point have the wherewithal to discover love and then discover love at the core of your being and then to cleanse and purify your persona so you're the embodiment of unconditional love, you're a flipping rock star. I would suggest you're a rock star on any planet, in any galaxy, in all of creation. So first of all, kudos to you. Kudos to you for choosing to come here now. What a powerful time to choose to be a human on planet Earth. How cool is that? How cool is that? So what's your life purpose? What are you here to do? For the first several decades of my life, I would have got that answer wrong. <laughs> and again, the right and wrong thing, I'm not a big fan of. But I thought myself a TV engineer. My, the, 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 the work I'm here to do is broadcast television engineering. And, and be a father, be a... Um, uh, husband, et cetera, et cetera. And when I got cracked open, that and and really, when I got cracked open 25 plus years ago, even even today, even this last year or two, even this last year or two, the idea of what my life is about has changed quite considerably. And if we if we have time towards the end, I'll I'll share some of the of the why behind that because I didn't. I mean, I've been working on myself for a long time, and I had I just didn't expect to make such dramatic and profound uh, progress, I would say, in my the evolution of my consciousness in the last couple of years. Um, but 
before I got cracked open, I really, I felt comfortable. I felt normal. I felt, um, I think many, many people on this planet have only known their ego, have only known their mind, and perhaps they haven't been cracked open or as you've heard from guests on the show, some people are born open, born aware. That certainly wasn't me. But when I got cracked open, um, the the way my life changed uh, is still <laughs> is still uh, impressing me. It, and certainly back then, it surprised me. I guess I should mention, um, I've talked about it many times, but very briefly, when I say I got cracked open, if you're new to the show, I had been um, seeing a psychiatrist for about uh, two years, and one particular night, the psychiatrist said, uh, well, Les, let's talk about anger. And I'm like, what the hell are we going to talk about anger for? I'm, I don't get angry. I'm an easygoing guy. What the hell? Why would we want to talk about anger? And uh, fast forward, he, he says, come on. He gets in my face. He says, come on, show me your anger. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I push on his hand and he puts his hand out and he says, push on my hand, show me your anger. And I push on his hand and nothing much happens. And he kind of gets up in my face and he says, look, I'm safe, you're safe, we're safe. It's okay. You're safe here. Now, come on, would you, I'm I'm asking you quite specifically, will you show me your anger? And and that's that moment, that cosmic two-by-four, an immense, like some valve opened in my psyche and this huge amount, a very intense amount of energies flowing out of my persona like a volcano. And it's just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And I'm like, what the crud? What the hell is going? Who the hell are you? And and the anger's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And in that moment, so much raw emotions flowed out of my psyche. The emotion was anger. And it turned out I had a huge problem with anger. I had a really big problem with anger in that I never allowed myself to show it. I never allowed myself to show it. So let me ask you, are there emotions that just don't even show up on your radar? In in my family dynamic, anger was a very prominent emotion in my household. In the household I grew up in, my, my dad was a World War II vet. Anger was extremely intense. And I mean extremely intense. Um, a World War II vet that went through hell that had his psyche uh, seared with horror. I know, I know quite explicitly what anger feels like. But after I got cracked open, 
I, 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 I don't know how to describe it. I'll poke at it with a stick, but it's really been transformative. How I see my life has gotten softer and softer and softer. Um, sure, I'm a TV engineer. Sure, I'm a father. Sure, I'm a whatever. But I don't. I don't really try to put a a crown on it or a, a finishing touch on who I am because I'm I'm continual continuously evolving. And and when I got cracked open, my heart I would say my heart got my attention. Now it doesn't mean my heart never had my intention. I mean, I've had I've had kids, and if you've ever had a kid, if you ever held your your baby in your hands, your heart explodes. It's not like I was disconnected from my heart. I was quite connected with my heart, but I was disconnected from my heart as an intelligence as a awareness i didn't understand that my heart had a wisdom to it and this it didn't come around in a like a fell swoop and all of a sudden well damn my heart's really smart and i need to slow down and listen it didn't happen in a quick and abrupt sort of way, it didn't. In fact, there was years and years of arguing with my heart. My heart would say, well, um, write a book. And my ego would say, "Uh, nope, we're not doing that. And what I'm getting at here is in order to honor your life purpose, to to put down, so to speak, the measuring stick that your mind has for your life, your mind, the idea that your mind can quantify what your heart and your soul intends. I think your your mind, your ego is the least qualified to understand the intentions of your heart and your soul. So I had postured with my emotions. The obvious one is anger. I had clicked off decades of completely suppressing any feeling of anger in my life. Why am I talking about emotions when it comes to your life purpose? Well, I had I had completely pushed any element of anger out of my conscious mind, but that by no means meant it was off the table. In fact, I had a very, very skilled 
subconscious mechanism that was put there when I was a child, maybe even an infant, a subconscious mechanism in my psyche that said, anytime I feel anger, I'm going to suppress it. I'm going to suppress it so flippin' quick, lest the conscious mind, lest the ego will not even recognize that there's anger involved in the interaction. He won't even know that he's just accumulated more anger in his psyche. And the reason I, excuse me, the reason I bring up emotions is your your ego's relationship with your emotions your ego's relationship with your emotions is a very prominent decider about what your ego is willing to do let me say that again the relationship that your mind has with your emotions the relationship your mind has to your emotions will decide in the moment whether you're willing to or not willing to consider a choice in that i would automatically automatically Avoid any choice that might bring an anger response. And this was happening below my conscious mind. So if you were to think of, like, you're going through your day today. You're going through your day this day. What could your heart and your soul show you as a choice today that you would recognize as inspiration, you would recognize that your ego didn't have to vet it, and you'd recognize it was safe to take action on. What if what if your heart and your soul told you today Uh, Start an orphanage. Move to Tibet. Apologize to your ex. Forgive yourself. When you hear sentences like that, typically your mind has a yes-no kind of a a reaction. I I don't want to talk to my ex. I I I don't want to write a book. I don't want to. I don't want to make a choice where I don't know what the outcome is. I don't. I don't. I don't want to, man, if I do that, I I just, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Now, I do need to say a caveat. 
just because your heart and your soul tell you to do something or show you a vision, that doesn't mean you quit your job the next day or sell your house. I mean, you might be shown uh, a vision from your heart and your soul that you're working in the third world country helping provide uh, food and shelter, but your heart and your soul don't intend for that to be realized for a couple of decades. Just because you get the impulse of what your might of what your life might be doesn't mean you abandon taking care of yourself. Make sure you have a roof over your head. Make sure you can sustain yourself. But with that said, if your heart and your soul is showing you an idea of your future, it's already vetted. In other words, your ego is not there to approve it. In fact, your ego is woefully unqualified, <laughs> unqualified to tell your heart and your soul yes or no. And again, some discernment to, to make sure your life is sustained is merited, but when we have emotions that we're avoiding, I think part of everyone's, most everyone, of their life purpose is to heal their relationship with their emotions. Because I tell you what, before I even knew I had an issue with anger, anger was the elephant in the room. Anger was that super strong arm reaching over my shoulder, grabbing the steering wheel and dragging it to the left or right. It was like I was in a big ass 69 Cadillac, totally off the paved road, mowing down sagebrush and cactuses rambling through the desert no sign of direction or or purpose I didn't have a connection I didn't have a connection with the wisdom of my heart as a thinker the wisdom of my heart as an active part of my daily consciousness the wisdom of my heart as an active conversation in my dialogue with within myself. It's like you wake up. You wake up and you're you're mowing down cactus out in the desert, blazing cross country, going nowhere, and your heart and your soul say, Let's start turning left. Let's just, let's go left, because there's a paved road, there's a, there's a life purpose, there's a, an intention for your life that was put in place before you were even born. And when your heart and your soul start lobbing you inspiration, it's to guide you to get back on the asphalt to metaphorically 
find the road, so to speak, to steer your life, so to speak. And what I've learned, even in the last couple of years, I suggest as you evolve, as you heal your relationship with your emotions by allowing yourself to feel them and to actually feel them, and then release the pent-up emotions in your psyche, as you do that more and more, as you meditate, I like no thought meditation. As you cleanse and purify your persona, this vessel, this body, this consciousness, this sense of self that is who you are, the more you tune yourself up, raise your consciousness up, open your mind up, the more you're bringing your faculties, your your awareness, your choices in online. You're you're bringing yourself more and more online, so your heart and your soul can inspire you as you go throughout your day. When you're When your heart and your soul try to inspire you and you're not aware of that, it tends to take a very long time for change to happen. One thing you can do if you want to kick your own butt, if you think you need a swift kick in the butt to wake yourself up, One thing you can do is uh, get a pad of paper and pencil. Actually, get like post-it notes or whatever. And put a, a pad and pencil next to the bed, put one in the kitchen, put one in the car. And your mind's gonna be busy. Your mind will be busy doing something else. You're in the shower. You're unloading the groceries from the car, you're doing the dishes, and this sentence pops in your head. Go back to school. And with practice, you can learn to discern when your heart and your soul is talking to you. But what you, what, what you do is you stop in that moment, stop and get that pen and paper and write down verbatim what was said. Go back to school. Now it's ink on paper. Now that sentence exists in the physical realm. Because if you don't write it down, a lot of times your ego will will bitch slap it around and throw it on the ground. Oh, hell, I don't have time to go back to school. Oh, hell, uh, how am I going to pay for that? 
the school's 25 miles away. The blah, 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 blah. Do you think your heart and your soul don't know all that? Do you think your heart and your soul somehow miss that? Write a book. Oh, hell, I don't know how to write. They didn't ask you if you know how to write. When you learn to discern that the inspiration that you're getting is from your heart and soul, write it down. And then go ahead and go back and let your ego slap it around and discount it and and say it's not possible, it's irrational, but it's ink on paper. It's, it exists in the physical realm. Because if you don't write it down, your mind will quickly forget it. But when it's ink on paper, you get up the next day and say, oh, that's right, go back to school. Shit, how am I going to do that? The sentence has some permanence in your life. The wisdom of your heart landed on paper. And over time, over weeks, over months, if you if you write down the inspiration of your heart and your soul, you're going to see a whole different theme come into your life. It's like driving across the desert, you know, why don't we go left? It's like your heart and your soul is nudging you. It's trying to direct you, trying to guide you. Let's go left. Turn the wheel left. The freeway's over there to the left. Going back to school is going to create opportunities for you that will help you in the future because your life purpose in the future is not something you can totally comprehend in this moment. But, well, it's 20 miles away and, yeah, we, we... (laughs) So my heart told me to start a podcast 13 plus years ago. 13 years in podcast years is a long time ago. Not many people were podcasting back then. But I listened to it. This is not my first podcast. I I did other podcasts before I did this podcast. And... Uh, What I'm getting at here is it's like your soul dangles a carrot in front of you. Your soul is going like, come on, believe in yourself just a little bit. Here's an idea. Here's a vector. Here's a tangent. Here's a direction your life can go. And now... When I get inspiration from my heart and my soul, I realize that there's a wisdom to it, that there's an intelligence to it, that there's a purpose to it. You can you can be successful in your life 
according to how society perhaps measures it. So here in the States, it's pretty common for, you know, how much money you make and uh, whatever. You You can be, quote, successful in that realm completely from your ego. You can learn day trading and do the stock market or just figure out way to make some coin and then you can afford whatever you want and your life is perfect, so to speak. But there's a there's a level of uh, satisfaction. There's a level of Um, a fulfillment that happens when you honor the inspiration of your heart and your soul. When I write, I write books, I'm a published author, I can feel fulfilled today. Today, when I sit down and I edit my next book, at the end of this day, at the end of today, I feel fulfilled at a very deep level, at a heart and soul level, a sense of fulfillment that I couldn't get out of my life just by day trading or or having my ego chase some coin. There's there's not an end of the journey as a finish line. It's not like let's take on hardship and when we get to the finish line, we will be rewarded. That's not how consciousness is designed. There's people on the planet that have experienced heaven today, and there's people on the planet that have certainly experienced hell today. Heaven and hell are a real-time measuring stick, a real-time reflection of your life. Your uh, your soul wants your soul has uh, it. I find it really curious that the the ego is the lowest common denominator. In other words. Your ego can say no to just about anything. Write a book. No. Go back to school. No. Learn to play the guitar. No. And that's that. Your ego has decided. Your ego has decided. And I think, sometimes I think, I think it's very common for people to go through their life and not not really understand their purpose. 
where they live in their heads and they say no a lot and sometimes the soul pulls out the cosmic two by four and cracks them open and sometimes they don't. In other words, you can stay in your mind your whole life and you can ignore the the passion of your heart and the vision of your soul. You, It's very, very, very possible on this planet to ignore your heart and your soul and your life purpose. It's quite possible. But I suggest to you that... If you teach your ego to stand down a bit, to let go a bit, to trust, to trust perhaps more and more and more, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's not like your ego. Our egos tend to be a kind of a uh, – our egos can have a lot of momentum in preference. I I like my life to be like this. Well, right, you know, go back to school. Well, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about that. What else you got? <laughs> to teach your ego to stand down, to stand down and tune in, to tune in to the desires of your heart and your soul and it, it it can take a substantial amount of time, and I suppose it could not take a substantial amount of time. But I look at my life path. I'm 25-plus years into this awakening stuff. And I recognize that the more I let go with my mind, the more I let go with my ego, I, really, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in 10, 20, 30 years. I have no flipping clue, and I'm okay with that because I'm leaving it open for my heart and my soul to have a real-time flexibility, a real-time sense of uh, agileness where I can move and sway throughout my day. I think, you know, when you pull your phone out, you put in an address and say, okay, give me directions, and you're driving down the freeway and the phone's saying, turn left, turn right, and you fly by the exit that you're supposed to have taken, and and the phone says, recalculating. I'm going to come up with a new path to get you where you want to go. The idea of recalculating. So what if your ego messes up? What if uh, um, whatever, you have a soul contract with the person to, to create a platform to do this or to do that and your ego gets pissed off, and egos are uh, extremely fragile things at times. And you get in a fight with your whoever you have a soul contract with, and your ego 
thinks they're a bunch of Neanderthals and you polarize yourself with the very people you have a soul contract with. And the purpose of the soul contract is is not fulfilled because the ego, the purpose of the soul contract is not fulfilled because the ego was offended. To teach your ego to chill out and to step back, the more you tune in to your heart and your soul as you go through your day, as you give it some sway, you start to see a whole different wisdom come out of your persona. You, you start to see a whole different caliber of wisdom come out of your persona. The more your ego can step back and let go of the reins metaphorically, because your soul is a multidimensional being. Your soul can have a dozen irons in the fire, so to speak, a dozen intentions it's looking to fulfill. And if your ego is going to vet every damn thing you do, you're you're putting on the brakes. There's a curious thing that happens when you can tune your ego, when you listen and tune your ego to listen to your heart and your soul's wisdom in the moment, a whole different um, metric comes into your life. And it's a nonlinear metric. The ego cannot make sense of it because it's a nonlinear metric. Your ego is a linear processor. So you go through your day and your your heart says, go talk to that person. Why? No, no, no. Just go talk to that person. Go over there. Buy that book. Sign up for this. Do that. In other words, your ego's backing off and your heart and your soul can make more and more choices as you go throughout your day. You're literally surrendering the idea of what your life might have been and you're giving up to the unknown of what it will be. You're giving up the idea of your life to the unknown of what it will be. Well, that doesn't seem very responsible. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what they call that? They call that trust. It's taken me quite a while to trust my heart and my soul at an organic level. And I tell you what, (laughs) I don't want to miss a thing. I mentioned earlier, we're almost out of time here, but I mentioned earlier about the change I've gone through in the last couple of years. I, w- I want to just touch on it a little bit. It's it's really been a very profound part of my life. These last two years have been very transformative. And I'm, like I said, 25 plus years into my spiritual journey. And 
they had a couple of events recently, somewhat recently, where I had a lot of pain come up, pain from my past. And I made a choice. I don't, I'm not sure, I don't know. I made a choice. I saw the pain, I felt the pain, and it's welling up, and it's very intense, and it's a lot of pain. It's a lot of very hardcore pain in my psyche. And I thought, well, I don't want to be pain's bitch. I don't want to run from pain. It's not like I'm a masochist and I'm looking for pain, but what the hell? What's this pain in my psyche? I want to feel this pain. And instead of avoiding the pain, I chose to feel it, to let go of my posture with it and kind of move through the pain. And I did just that. And it was an extremely intense pain. It felt very, very painful, like I was chained to the ground in a slow motion flow of lava from a volcano engulfed my body. It was very painful. But I wanted to I wanted to understand the pain. And it it laid me out. It cleaned my clock. I mean, it took me months to get over. It was have you ever lost a dear one, a loved one? And it sets you on your head and weeks later you're still wiped out and maybe even a month or two later you're still just exhausted. You're you're um just wiped out. It very much felt like that. I felt like I had to reconstitute my personality. But by doing that, it's kind of a curious thing. When before, when I would, uh, when pain had come up, I'm like, oh my God, this, this feels so painful. I want the pain to stop. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I avoided the feeling of pain, and I'm not saying go look for pain per se. But a curious thing happened, and I didn't see this coming. The the reason I'm sharing this is I'm showing you how my life has transformed in the last year or two in ways I couldn't have predicted. And what what I'm telling you is when your heart and your soul tell you to do something, Less, face the pain. Less, face the pain. Feel it. Feel all of it. And once I went through that process, I don't know, how do I describe this uh, uh, quickly? So imagine a, a scale from, like, if you're in a room, there's a wall. At the bottom of the wall, is total avoidance of pain. And at the top of the wall is excruciating pain, the most horrendous pain you can think of. So the the wall is a vertical representation of pain. And as my ego's relationship with pain was to avoid it, I stayed at the bottom and just rose up a little bit at a time and felt a little bit of pain and then retreated back down to the bottom where there was no pain. 
And when I gave, I don't know, permission or I chose to, when I when I faced the pain, when I when I looked at the pain and let it show me what it was, my relationship with pain changed. And and this was a this was a very t- uh, this this wasn't a cakewalk by any means whatsoever. And I went through such immense pain. I went metaphorically. I went up towards the top of the scale, and I felt immense, intense pain from my past, pain in my heart. When I changed my relationship with pain, my soul said, okay, all right. Now we can have a much more dynamic relationship with our choices. And what do I mean by that? When I avoided pain, I avoided so many things in my life. And when I, I guess, healed my relationship with pain, I'm I'm not saying there's not more to learn, but when I quit avoiding pain and my heart, my soul would take me through experiences that I never ever would have chosen before. In other words, I, before I healed my relationship with pain, there were so many parts of, of my life that I would never have chosen to to do something because, well, you know, that might be painful. I don't want to do that. But when I healed, so to speak, to a large degree, I'll say that, my relationship with pain, my soul said, well, now looky here. You're much more, I don't know, flexible. You're you're much more willing to engage something that might have painful memories, and we can kind of clean house much quicker. Since you're willing and able to feel pain at a more intense level, we can get rid of it faster. We And a curious thing happened. I was able to stay grounded, grounded in my persona, while the painful events transpired in my life. Is humanity going through painful events now? I would say so. There's a lot of pain. We're We're feeling a lot of pain. Humanity has gone through an awful lot of pain. 2020 set a lot of us on our heads. And if we curl up in a ball because life is painful and we retract and we retreat, how can we navigate it? How can we face it for what it is? How can we uh, stand in the storm, so to speak, and have have the wherewithal to be present with our choices, to be present, to to keep our consciousness open and aware of what's going on. 
My life's changed considerably because of this. And it's in a in a large sense, it's absolutely easier. Doesn't mean I um, painful events don't come up. I don't mean that kind of easy. But my soul can give me a trajectory and I can hit painful bumps and I don't cringe anymore. My soul is very delighted and happy that I'm much more agile, that I'm able to go through painful situations and stay on course and stay present and stay grounded. Ultimately, your soul has a vision for your life. We're pretty much out of time. Your soul had a vision for your life before you were even born. And I suggest for many people on the planet, their life purpose is changing over these last years. Your life purpose can change and take on new directions as you evolve through your life. The normal that we experienced in 2019 got thrown out the door, and a new normal is waiting to be reinstalled. And it might be your life purpose. It might be your life purpose to be the vehicle for change for humanity, to be a piece of the puzzle for humanity. Look at your life path. Look at what are the core themes do you think you came here to learn? I came here to learn forgiveness and compassion. I came here to learn to understand wisdom that doesn't originate in the mind. I came I'm I'm fascinated by consciousness. What is the potential of the human genome? We're all, we we all have this human genome experience. You have a you have a body, and you have an ego that you grew when you were born, and here you are, and your soul has a life purpose, an idea of what your life can be. So what's it going to be? You want to honor your life purpose. Teach your ego to respect your heart and your soul. You want to honor your life purpose? Master the art of feeling your emotions without your emotions flipping you on your head. You want to honor your life purpose? Learn to capture the wisdom of your heart and your soul by just simply writing it down. Taking time to daydream. Day daydream when you da- when you daydream you're taking your conscious mind and you're letting go and your heart and your soul through the process of daydreaming can show you ideas of what your life can be i would be remiss if i didn't mention your soul came here to experience love Love, love, love. Love is a very powerful thing. For many egos, love is a very scary thing. And for reasons I've already mentioned, to heal your relationship with the fear of your ego, 
allows you to show up in love? How many people have been hurt by love? How many people have felt pain because of love? How many people have shelved the idea of love? Love's too painful. Relationships are too painful. I I don't want to feel that anymore. That doesn't feel good. I my heart was cracked. Oh my God! I don't want to. I, I can't. I don't want to do that anymore. Love is too risky. Love is too painful. Well. Heal your relationship with pain. Heal your relationship with fear. Heal your relationship with your heart and your soul. Learn to stay grounded as you go through these intense experiences. And then, and then your body, your vehicle, your persona is much better equipped to experience love. Love doesn't have to be painful. Love doesn't have to be difficult. It's it's when we posture with our our feelings and our emotions and the memory of pain from the past that we bring the challenge, we bring the difficulty to being able to embody love. But love itself is not painful. Love itself is is a very wonderful thing. Well, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, the listener. Here we are at a brand new year. What can your heart and your soul experience through you, manifest through you? How can you grow? What can you become? if you were to honor your life purpose. Always a pleasure. I very much appreciate this time with you. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. You've been listening to a New Human Living broadcast. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. How many times during today, this day, Has your heart and soul had direct communication with you? Our egos, left unchecked, will easily consume all of our thoughts and consciousness as we go throughout the day, where we really are living an ego-led life. But our ego cannot even comprehend the vision our soul has for us. If you want to increase your personal power, make space throughout your day for your heart and soul to inspire you. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a book I wrote just for that. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening.